0: Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Wren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in! Welcome back to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am so excited because it is 2022. Woo-hoo! And I have invited a friend of a friend to come talk to us about money and money God's way, treating money God's way. And so Katie Jones is a faith-based money coach with Agape Investing. And y'all, the best thing about her is that she teaches financial skills that are rooted in the gospel and she wants her clients and wants the people that she trains to live abundantly to give generously and to radically advance the kingdom of God and wow do we all need that so I want to welcome my guest Katie Jones welcome Katie hey Ren. thanks so much for having me I'm so excited about this conversation it's so needed yes. It is. It's so neat. And y'all, you will not know, this is a little behind the scenes, but Katie and I have had technology issues today. (laughs) And so we know that this is an important topic. And anytime we have tech issues, I always uh, really say, you know what? The enemy does not want all of us to hear this. And so we are going to go and we are going to hit this hard. And we are just going to, I'm going to hear a little bit. We're all going to hear a little bit of Katie's story. And so um, before we start though, Katie, we got to have a little real, real estate advice out of the way, because I have friends that have either sold their house. She's also a realtor, y'all, a real estate <laughs> agent. So, I mean, she, she does many things, but what I want to know right off the bat is I want to know, what do we do if we are selling our house and we cannot find a house to buy because the, the prices are just crazy. What
1: do we do? Yeah, man. uh, Patience is honestly the key Mm. right now. Um, we have seen this kind of across the nation, just all the crazy prices. Um, I'm hoping by the time that this episode comes out, um, that, the prices we've seen a leveling off of prices nationwide. So it doesn't necessarily mean they're dropping everywhere, but they're starting to plateau, which at least is some good news. So I would just say, you know, if you're out there on your house hunt, hang in there, the right house is going to show up and God's timing is going to be perfect for that and finding you and your family, that, that perfect place to call home. So You know, it's, it's not usually, you know, that's kind of like the best advice right now is just to, to pray and ask God for peace and patience through this time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. We were actually building a house and it got postponed until May, which at first we were like, oh, I was so disappointed. And now I'm like, it's probably not going to be a bad thing. It's not going to be a bad thing. Maybe prices will plateau for us as well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. God's timing is perfect with it. all. That's right. That's right. Okay. And one more question before we get in the interview is I know that you and your husband are a fan of board games and I cannot tell you how much I love that about you.
1: So (laughs) I need, I need you to tell me what are your top three favorite Ooh, board it's games so hard we we own over 200 board games so we yes. love games that is our we we considered our ministry actually we invite people in we play board games and we you know just have really great fellowship with with friends who are believers and non-believers so it's a really great excuse to invite people in um so i'd recommend you know having a couple of board games yourself out there it's it's really great but great. um Three that I would recommend one, my kind of all-time favorite has been a lasting favorite of mine is called seven wonders. Um, It's just a card deck building game. Really simple. Um, I really love the game between two cities as well as a game called welcome to. So I, I don't know if anyone's heard of these ones. They're, oh my, uh, goodness. usually if you're not in the board gaming world, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these names people haven't ever heard. We don't even own monopoly, but we have all these other How board games. Funny. <laughs> so is it more strategic board games? Those sound very strategic. Huh? They, you know, Kinda. yes, there is a level of strategy to them, um, okay. but you know, I think I mean these these three games are ones that we have introduced to people who aren't like board gamers in general who are just like kind of you know Mm -hmm. traditional games like Monopoly or um, apples to apples and stuff like that and and people love them I mean they're really easy to pick up on there is a level of strategy but not too much where you're like over your head
0: yeah 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 okay Mm -hmm. I've never heard of any of those but I'm pretty I'm pretty plain Jane when it comes to games I'm like charades apples to apples, like dominoes. So I'm pretty bored. Yeah, yeah. And these are all,
1: they're all really great games, but yeah. Those are your favorite. They're they're very, they're fun because there is a little bit more to them and there's a fun theme and everything. So yeah, check them out. Okay.
0: Okay. I'm going to write, we'll write those in the show notes. So y'all can go grab those, but okay. So let's dive in. Let's dive in Katie, because you are a young married as well. And so I want to go back to early in your life. You struggled to reconcile your faith with investing, your investing passion for finances. Mm -hmm. What did God show you during that time?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Before my husband and I got married, I started diving into the world of uh, financial independence. And so uh, I'll explain what that means um, briefly for those who aren't familiar with the fire movement is what it's called. Financial independence, retire early. And I started getting into this and I thought it was really cool. This idea of financial independence is basically the concept of not having to trade all of your time for money. So, you know, you think about like your nine to five job, or if you have clients and you're working with clients and it's this idea of kind of having passive income or enough money to just not work anymore, to just kind of do what you want with your life. And so, I got super wrapped up in this world of financial independence and I thought it was really cool. Um, You know, I just thought it was such a cool way to, or or a cool goal to pursue. And I was like, that's going to be me. I'm going to be able to retire before I'm 40. You know, that was my goal. Like I I could just go and live on a beach or something. (laughs) And, you know, one thing that I was just struggling with was, yeah, like how does my faith actually play a part in this and what does God have to say about it? I actually started my blog around the same time to kind of discuss these topics and write about it as I was learning. And I mean, people could go back and read some of my early blog posts. And I was so for this idea of financial independence as a Christian and that God was really accepting of this um, pursuit of independence with my finances. And, As I continued to learn and grow, um, and this is over the past three years, I started my blog three years ago now, I just started to recognize that maybe there are parts of financial independence that God enjoys, but not all of it. Because what I really started to understand was that I was pursuing financial independence in order to escape the need to depend on anyone else, to be able to just depend on myself for all of my needs, uh, my financial needs, my just life in general. And so I wanted to be able to escape that, but that by, by pursuing that, I also eliminated the need to rely on God. I, you know, I wanted to be able to just hustle my way to this goal and have enough money store so that way. I could just Live on a beach, like I said, I that was what kind of what I wanted to do, yeah. and so I recognized that that I was trying to escape the need to rely on God uh, because He's the one that ultimately provides everything to us. But I also recognized that I was trying to escape the need or just the you know choice to work and. I I wanted to be able to just do nothing. And when I started learning more about the concept of work, you know, many of us believe that work was a result of the fall and that it's like something that's really bad. You know, we all kind of have this mentality of we're working for the weekend, we're working for retirement, you know, when can I retire so I can just sleep all day and do nothing and not have someone like, you know, calling me at all hours to do work. I started to understand actually, and and recognize that I was trying to escape my work. And that is not God's intention for us. He designed work as something good. Like work was not a result of the fall. It came before the fall and, and he desires for us to do good works for him. And he has called us each to a unique and specific purpose to work and create alongside of him. And so I just realized that These things, this this goal of financial independence, I was pursuing it and and trying to escape God basically. And when I recognized that, I was like, no, this isn't this isn't what I want. And so I started to reframe and refresh it to understand how I can be pursuing excellence in my finances without necessarily going over the top and relying only on myself for um, all these things that I was kind of desiring. Because again, God is the one that pursue or you know actually provides everything for us. It's not through our own works. That's great. Okay. I want to repeat back
0: to make sure I'm, I'm on the same track with you. You, um, came to really a crossroads where you were mm-hmm. feeling like you were trying to escape the need to rely on God and escape the need to work. And it's sounds to me, like you said, it was more based on, it was based on like, how can I hustle so that yep. I can get to a place of not working? Is that absolutely. right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And. And I really don't think that there's necessarily, I don't think financial independence in itself is wrong because there are so many really good things about it. You know, Mm -hmm. I was learning how to spend less than I was earning and God loves that. Like he, he doesn't want us to spend more than we have. And he wants us to be thinking critically about where our money is going. So there's You know, those were the parts that I was kind of pulling from this concept of financial independence saying like, oh, see, God, God calls this good because I'm doing these things. But I was kind of masking that with, with the underlying why, you know, why am Mm -hmm. I pursuing this? And again, it was to escape all these things that God actually considers good. And so Mm -hmm. while I was doing good things and learning really good money management skills, I was pursuing them for all the wrong reasons.
0: Mm. Yeah, that, that, that really hits home. And, you know, there's pretty neat that there's over 2300 Bible verses that have to do with money. And so when you stood back and said, okay, so let's look at a part of financial independence that is great where, you know, we are working and, um, and I'm relying on the Lord and I am, you know using my money well and stewarding it. Well, what were four, do you have like three or four of the most impactful financial principles that were based in the Bible that you can share with us?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Something I've just become more increasingly aware of as a foundational principle of our finances is just this concept of generosity. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I believe that so many of us as Christians tend to be afraid of money because we're afraid that, you know, in first Timothy, we read, you know, don't love money, you know, don't be a slave to money. Um, you can't love two you know, you can't have, you can't serve two masters. And so we just think that, okay, God doesn't love, doesn't want us to have money. And so we, we believe this and then we're afraid to kind of generate this wealth. Whereas there are so many promises of, um, abundance that God shares with us and blessings of, of ways that He wants to give to us so generously, and but it's not for our own good. It's not for our own sake. It's not for our own. It's not because we're great and deserve it or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's it's really so that way we can be um, conduits of the the blessings that God has given us. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, my friend Art Rayner wrote a book. Um, the money challenge. And he talks about this concept of being a conduit of generosity. And it's this mm-hmm. idea of like, you know, God gives us blessings so that way we can go and pour out blessings to others. And it's so that he will be known and be glorified. Um, and again, not because we're great, and we deserve it or anything like that, but that way we can go and further the mission of growing the kingdom here on earth. Mm-hmm. And so that one, that has just become one of these principles that has been, I, you know, I knew it, we all know that God wants us to be generous and to love others, but it's just become so important. Like I just recognize how important it is um, to the way that we view our finances again, not so that we can go have really great big houses and have really nice cars and to take really nice luxury vacations. While God does want us to take pleasure from, you know, he, he creates everything for our own pleasure and enjoyment, but there's so much enjoyment that we can get from passing that wealth on and being Mm. a blessing to others. I'm sure many people out there have had experiences where when they chose the unselfish route of giving their money away, whether just through their regular ties or going above and beyond that with, um, different generosity blessings to the church or to friends, Um, there's a, there's a, you know, endorphin rush that we get when we do this. And, and there, Mm -hmm. and because of that, like we understand, like God created our bodies to, to kind of respond this way when we do something that he is, he considers good and pleasing. And Mm -hmm. so generosity is just one of those like major ones. That's a good, Um, yeah. But I mean, even just simple things like being prepared and having things like an emergency fund and savings and, and budgeting, uh, these are all really, really good things. Again, like we should not be afraid to think about and, you know, critically consider the way that we are spending our money and just asking ourselves continuously, does the way that I spend my money really reflect what I believe about God? Um, You know, am I being generous to the point where I'm trusting God to continue to provide for me? You know, a lot of people come to me and they're like, I'm too afraid to tithe because I'm not making a lot of money or I'm too afraid to just be generous because what if I can't pay for groceries? My question back is, well, do you trust your God, our God to provide for you in those moments, because there, again, there are so many um, examples of this in the Bible of, you know, you think of the the widow who gave her like two coins in the temple. And, and Jesus said that she's the most generous person, Mm -hmm. even because she gave from the very little that she had, she gave all that she had basically, whereas everybody else was just giving out of their excess. And he wants us to kind of Mm -hmm. take that step and that leap to to trust him. And so is the way that you're managing your money, just showing the way that you trust God, um, as well as just reflecting that you do serve a God who is good. And you want to align your spending with the things that he does consider good. So just, Mm. you know, budgeting and, and planning and preparing, these are all really solid principles to follow that we find throughout the Bible.
0: That's great. And, and it really does make a difference when you look at it through the biblical lens, when you Mm -hmm. look at your money through the lens. Okay. So I want to jump into a blog post that you wrote and Mm. I didn't, I didn't go in depth because I wanted to hear you explain it first, but you wrote about the difference between perfectionism and excellence. Mm. And that is a trap that we all can get into of where we are trying to do exactly the right thing at exactly the right time. And, and that's it. Perfection doesn't exist. So tell us a little bit about the difference in those two.
1: Yeah. It's, It's so important to talk about these things too, because God does want us to be excellent. He wants us to, to try our hardest at everything we do. You know, Colossians three twenty three says, work at it as if working for the Lord and not for man, you know? So yeah. you ask yourself, if I were doing this for God, how would he want me to, to do this job? How, you know, mm-hmm. how would he want me to be a mom, a wife, an employee, a boss, a manager, whatever your kind of position is in life? How can you do this to the best of your ability at all times? But when we start to see that as like a way to honor God, like too much, like when we, when we get into this point where we're like, well, I have to just be so excellent. And I have to just kind of, again, continue to hustle and, and do more and be perfect at it. And then we kind of start to like, tell ourselves we're, we're bad at something because we're not doing it perfectly. Then, then we're missing the point because Mm -hmm. God doesn't want us to be perfect. He just wants us to, to try and to not see, you know, to not be lazy when we, when we do put effort into something. Mm. And so we kind of have to just sit back and reflect, like, why are we pursuing something the way that we are, you know, is it for our own glory? So that way people can see us and and say like, wow, like she's such a good Christian or wow, she's such a good employee, or she, she's just so good at everything she does. Are we looking for that kind of praise or are we just simply trying to do it so that way we can say, yes, God, I'm just I'm trying to be a faithful servant of yours. I may not get it right every time, but I'm going to get back up and try again. And so this is something that I think we need to reflect on almost daily and hourly like I I literally at the end of the day have to like remind myself like there like there are only so many hours in the day and even if I didn't get everything I wanted to get done it, you know during those so many hours that I was working, it's okay mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay and and that extra hour of hustle that we put in after hours is probably not going to make that much of a difference and God mm-hmm. wants us at some point, to rest in him. Because again, going back to that concept, God is our provider. He is the one who provides the results. And so no matter how much we hustle and try really hard, he could he could provide the most provision out of like something very small that we did, if it was just like a phone call we made to tell someone something and and then all of a sudden, so much blessing came from that one call mm-hmm. versus hours of pursuing something, you know, he, he wants us to rely on him really yeah. as, as the provider, not our own hustle and perfectionism. Mm. That's that's a good word. And I
0: think that's a good question we can ask ourselves is at the end of the day or even at the beginning of the day, is this for my own glory, my own praise, because I'm gonna be doing it perfect, what's whatever perfect mm-hmm. is in our own head, or mm-hmm. is it for his glory? You know, what is yeah. is it for his glory and for excellence and the praise to him? Um, and that word excellence just reminds me of that, you know, whatever is true, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, think on those things. So that's, I think that's a great question you, you mentioned uh, that we can ask ourselves. I love that. That's good. That's good. Okay. So let's go a little bit deeper. Um, and you also said this, I know I kind of scoured your blog. And so you did say, (laughs) you did say, um, that we can have full-time ministry wherever we are at, like right yes. where we are. And so I love that because you are married to uh, your husband who is a youth minister. And so yeah. a lot of people put you into the box of like, well, you're the wife of a youth minister. You're, yep. wife of, and, and you're like, no, you know, where, wherever you are, you can have full-time ministry. It might look differently or you might do it as a profession, but it's full-time. So
1: tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I'm so, so, so glad that you brought this up. This is probably one of the things, like the, the conversations and the topics I'm most passionate about, because we, we as Christians, the whole church body gets really caught up in this idea and this concept of, and I'm using quote fingers here, spiritual work, you know, mm-hmm we hear these phrases of like oh i'm going to go do kingdom work and we're, and i'm going to go do full time ministry right now and whenever we hear these phrases it's always tied to something along the lines of working in a church or working as like an overseas missionary or working in some kind of faith based nonprofit and these these jobs are so needed and they're so important for the kingdom but so is being an accountant mm-hmm. so is being a garbage man so yeah. is being a manager Mm-hmm. All of these things are good works and we are yes. all called to very unique and very specific jobs and purposes. And, and those are going to change throughout our, our lifetime, right. depending on our circumstances and experiences. Um, but we're all called to go and make disciples and, um, that calling in Matthew 28, where we get this, you know, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, um, the, the phrase go, doesn't mean like go out, like, doesn't mean go overseas. You know, it can mean these things it can mean go work in a church and go work for a nonprofit. Sure. But the phrase that I've, I heard it and I, and I forget which pastor, it was a sermon I listened to online a while ago. Um, but the phrase that we really, that the original, like Hebrew says is really kind of as you go, mm-hmm go and make, you know, make disciples. So it's as you're doing life, like as you are being a mom, as you are being a wife, as you are going to the grocery store, as you, Mm -hmm. you know, go and see your chiropractor, as you just (laughs) do your job, like all of these things, like you have the opportunity to share the love of Christ through your actions, through your good works, you know, pursuing excellence in your job and not being lazy and, and thinking of others. And so, it's it's probably one of my biggest pet peeves when I hear someone say, "Oh, I'm going to go pursue full time ministry right now." You know, I, I want to go and, and do more kingdom impact work. and I'm like, "Well, well, what what have you been doing this whole time?" You know, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're maybe like in your 30s or 40s, or maybe you're in your 50s and you're finally saying this. And I'm like, "Well, what have you been doing this whole time as you've been a Christian?" You know, God doesn't want us to think of our jobs as just this this place that we go and it's the secular place that we kind of escape church and faith mm-hmm. and all these things. But these are places that God has called us to be in for a specific purpose. And it might be, you know, being that shoulder to cry on for a friend or a coworker or, you know, helping them with their, with their work. And there's so many good ways that we can share the gospel right where we're at. And so that's why I find this concept so important because we are all called into full-time yes. ministry. So w- when that's someone right. says, you know, I'm called to full-time ministry and I'm going to go be a pastor and go to a seminary and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, no, I'm called the full-time ministry too. And, and I'm not working in a church, you know, now, mm-hmm. now my job, I work with a lot of Christians with my money coaching, but as a real estate agent, I work with everyone and anyone, right. but I see each of those opportunities as a chance to share the love of Christ and to mm-hmm. potentially get to have gospel conversations. So I'm just praying for those moments, um, any, any time that I can. Yeah. Um, yeah. so there's just so many creative ways that we can see our, our lives as, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being just in full-time ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you did share about
0: that because, um, I love that, especially coming from a minister's wife so that you can say, you know, we're not, we're all in the ministry. So I think that's incredible and and very impactful for us. Um, Okay. One more question, but uh, this one is, it really probably ties it all together. Um, When you say big things happen with small efforts, big Mm -hmm. things happen with small efforts. So tell us one or two practical things that we can do with our money that might be something small, but it will have huge results.
1: I I mean, honestly, I would encourage people to look for opportunities of generosity because mm-hmm. you can just go and Google all of the testimonies that people have of beginning to tithe again when they hadn't or choosing to give away a stimulus check when, when they received it rather than keeping it. And just the blessings that came after that and, and how big of an impact it had. And it's not to say that God, then goes and blesses you with monetary you know, things. Right. And, and he could, like he could yeah. all of a sudden bless you with more abundance and wealth. Um, but there's just so much else. Like, There's so many other ways that God blesses us, um, whether it's through our relationships um, or through our work, things like that. And the, you know, these little bits of generosity can really make a big impact, but in general, if someone's looking for, you know, way out of, you know, their debt or needing to save for something in that way, those like small efforts mm-hmm. that you make towards chipping away at your debt, whether it's like $25 extra a month or $50 here and there, or, you know, if Christmas, you know, or your birthday, you're getting an extra check in the mail from grandma or, you know, something like that, like throwing that at those money goals, Mm. those little things like little pieces of money can really make a big impact in the Mm. long-term. And so just, you know, thinking creatively and really reflecting on what you're doing with your money is going to make that big impact over, you know, a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we've, we kind of mentioned this, but you can always hear stories about people that, Either, you know, I'm thinking about like the widow's mite that gave all she Mm -hmm. had, or they said, you know, Lord, I'm going to tithe. I don't know where my money's coming this month, but I'm going to tithe. And then you hear how like to the dollar or to the penny he provides. And so, you know, that's another way of that we can can do that is that trust that we are trusting and we're walking in faith and um and we see God show up in that and it's yeah. so cool to see for it you know is. and hear those stories. So yeah. Okay. So if somebody has um maybe they are just not sure they're just overcome with all the financial talk and like they're overcome with debt and they don't know what to do and they, you know, maybe sold their house and now they're waiting mm-hmm. to get another house. What <laughs> Um, where can people find you so that if they do have some questions and they can reach out to you, where can they find you online, Katie?
1: Yeah, my website is agapeinvests.com, I-M-V-E-S-T-S. Um, but if someone just Googles Agape Investing, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or just, you know, on Google, all of my content will show up. So um, yeah, I'm active on Instagram and you can always message me. I'm, I love to have these conversations. And would yeah, love to continue that with yeah. anyone who's interested. Good deal.
0: Okay. So every time I ask my guests, these three questions, what are you eating, reading and loving? And it's basically what everybody listens to the podcast for. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> so what is oh, your favorite snack? And then what are you reading and uh, loving?
1: Okay. This is so, so random. But right now, um, I love making yogurt parfaits. So I take, um, like just a traditional, like yogurt, Greek yogurt, and Uh I mix in peanut butter and you mix it up and you put some chocolate chips in it and, um, granola and it's supposed to kind of taste like a chocolate chip cookie. And it actually kind of does. I mean, I don't think it tastes exactly like a chocolate chip cookie, but it is so good. And I crave it almost every night after dinner. So that's that's one of my favorite things. That sounds great. And we could do that. I can do that. Okay. I like
0: it. All right. What are you reading lately?
1: Um, I read a lot of faith and money books because I love, again, just learning more about what the Bible has to say about money. Um, One that I highly, highly, highly recommend anybody and everybody read is called Redeeming Money uh, by Paul David Tripp. And it is probably one of the best books I've ever read on explaining the purpose of money and God's view of money and, and, and why we struggle so much with it. So, mm, okay. I'm so good. That down.
0: Okay. That's
1: great. That sounds good. Okay. What are you loving? Um, I honestly, the weather right now in general in Colorado, I live in Colorado and the weather, you know, we're recording this still like it's, it's technically still 2021. Um, but it's been pretty mild here and warm and it's, Weird because it's supposed to be snowing traditionally right now, but I'm loving it. I'm really loving it. (laughs)
0: That's great. That's awesome. I know. I love your pictures. I like seeing your pictures that I saw on your website and y'all went, I think you went camping or something by yourself. Mm -hmm. This was years ago before you were married and you went camping on, but it was like a desert or something. Oh, right.
1: That was actually, it was when we were married. Um, we went to the the great sand dunes here in Colorado. It's it's a national park. So if anyone's trying to get all the national parks, that one's here, it's really cool. And you can actually backpack to the top of the sand dunes and camp there. It was probably one of the most challenging backpacking trips ever Mm. because you're walking on sand and it's, that's really hard with with a, you know, heavy backpack on, but it was so beautiful because It, this, the night sky was so worth it. And watching the sunrise from the dunes was so beautiful over the mountains. So picturesque. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm thinking of all the mamas that
0: are like, well, we go to the beach every year and I walk with my two-year-old on my hip, um, in the sand. So they probably could do it. Yes. Yes. I highly (laughs) recommend it. So beautiful. That's awesome. That's cool. Hey, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the show and really just encouraging us in our money and really of looking at money God's way. And really, I just love that we talked about generosity so much. It really Mm -hmm. just gets me pumped up to, to be able to, to give generously to others. So thank you so much. Appreciate it
1: course oh i'm so glad to hear that and i hope everyone you know has some good takeaways from it and again if anyone wants to continue the conversation just please reach out
0: absolutely thanks again thank you for joining me for today's show for more encouragement hop on over to instagram at friends of a feather podcast i would love for you to send me a direct message and say hi Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.